this is Take Notes with Jen Rafferty, where we move music education in new directions. I'm your host, Jen Rafferty, a music educator, author, and huge social science nerd. And I am so excited to go on this journey with you as we highlight the intersection between music education and the social sciences. Hello, and welcome back to Take Notes. My guest today is the incredible Elizabeth Peterson, who founded her company, The Inspired Classroom, which integrates the arts with social-emotional learning, or SEAL, social-emotional artistic learning, and trains teachers in how they can incorporate these practices in their classroom. Now, Elizabeth has a background in music, and she wanted to be a teacher when she was in college, but not necessarily a music teacher, although she also majored in music. So her path was slightly different than many of us who took the music education path. And because of that, it led her on a really interesting journey. And then when she got into the classroom herself, she realized that arts and her background in music could play a really interesting role in what was coming down the pike with social emotional learning. I started to um, learn more about this thing, SEL. Like this was this new thing that was coming into our district and um, it's funny because when I when I was in that auditorium that year, at the beginning of the year, and the administrator was up on the stage, and we're all like, "Oh God, what are we? What are they going to put on us now?" Right? <laughs> and so, you know, there she's speaking up there, and she's talking about all these social emotional competencies, and she's talking about how important they are, and how we're going to use them in all of our curriculum, and as she was talking, each time she said a new competency, I'm like, well, self-awareness, well, we do that with visual art all the time. You know, um, relationship skills, my kids are building relationships every day when they're listening to music together, you know, and it just, everything started to really click together. And so that year I decided to use this new knowledge of social emotional learning and my knowledge of how powerful the arts are in my classroom. And I started to just take the time to do some really good um, uh, arts integrated projects and lessons with my students. And some of them were big and some of them were small and some of them were just like little drops in the day. And the kids really responded to it because my kids needed something like that. They really did. I was having some really rough classes and I know that (laughs) you can probably um, sympathize and empathize with that whole idea, you know, with kids having these outrageous outbursts and kids completely shutting down and kids just not even knowing like where to begin with certain things when they get into the classroom because they're bringing in so much baggage and weight on their shoulders. And so it was through these um, artistic experiences that I was really integrating purposefully with social emotional learning skills um, that they were able to open up and calm down. And we were building great relationships. And it was just, um, well, kind of magical. (laughs) It was just amazing how much it was working. But the biggest and most amazing thing was that it was also helping me. So I wasn't going home burnt out and super frustrated and angry, because let's face it, that's how I was going home. (laughs) 
Um, instead, I was going home feeling pretty satisfied that I did a good job, um, even if it wasn't perfect, because I knew that, you know, I had reached at least one kid during the day and tomorrow I'll try and focus on another one. And with this new incredible inspiration, she began to develop programming to actually train teachers in the work that she was already doing with arts integration in her general elementary school classroom. Now I have um, a couple of courses for SEAL and um, I just absolutely love helping teachers to follow this simple SEAL framework and transform their teaching because that's that's truly what it does and it has has for me <laughs> and it has for numerous teachers now as well. So I wanted Elizabeth to explain what exactly SEAL is and what is the framework. Yeah, so SEAL has a framework to it and um, it's designed to really um, put the teacher first and to really focus in on the teacher because like like I've said probably already, you are in front of the students, you know your students best, you know the vibe of your class or your different classes, each class will have a different vibe to it. And so the framework goes in three phases or waves, I have an ocean theme, love the ocean. (laughs) So three waves. And the first one is the SEAL teacher mindset. And it really is about your role as as a SEAL teacher as you're teaching SEAL to your students, or any SEL, really. I I think that our frame of mind plays a huge role in how we approach our classrooms and uh, students' social-emotional learning inside of our classrooms. So we talk about, you know, everything from how to develop relationships with your students, how to take care of yourself in creative ways, um, and how to really address Um, certain behaviors and how to feel like, how to get that idea and feeling of control back to yourself in your classroom. And then the second wave is SEAL teacher methods. And that's the different ways that you can bring these SEAL activities and strategies into your classrooms. Because SEAL teachers, just like arts integration in general, um, are such a variety of teachers from pre-K through 12, teaching all different subjects, having full classes, having small groups. And what I love about SEAL is that it is extremely flexible. It will work for anyone who just has care and creativity inside their inside their bones. <laughs> it really will. And so we talk about the different methods of bringing it in. So embedded strategies that you can do throughout the day, uh, consistent SEAL strategies that might be weekly or monthly or quarterly, depending on your schedule, uh, larger SEAL lessons when you really want to focus in on a certain competency or a certain art form and kind of couple things together and help students in a certain um, way. Like, for example, you know, one year I had a class that was um, very visual. Like I had a bunch of drawers. It was like, and it and it just went through the classroom. Everybody wanted to draw. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna capitalize on that. <laughs> but they also were so socially unaware. <laughs> and so what I did was I coupled visual arts and social awareness, and we worked on those types of things with some of the larger SEAL lessons. 
And then there's also SEAL Club, which is where you can really target um, groups of students who need something specifically. So I had an actual after-school SEAL Club where student, where teachers would um, give me names and I would create groups of anywhere from four to, um, I think we had up to nine students. And we just focused in on different um, competencies that they really needed to develop. And that was very powerful. Um, And then the third wave is all the SEAL integrations. And we go through how every art form, and we focus in on the four major ones, you know, visual art, music, dance, and drama, how all those art forms are um, integrated with all of Castle's five competencies, the self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and just really dive into how those really do play a part in, in, um, in each other so naturally. So I asked Elizabeth what this actually looks like as it's played out in the classroom, and what are the implications for student achievement? We need to have that open mind and that open um, heart to allow our students to kind of go a little bit outside the lines and see what's going to work for them and see how they can explore things. And I do believe that that is an arts integration frame of mind or a, a SEAL teacher's frame of mind where you care enough about your students to provide them with a safe learning environment. That's your classroom. And you do many things to make that very clear to your students that your classroom is a safe place for them. And then they are more apt to try different things and kind of go outside the lines a little bit and and tell you what they're what their um, interests and their ideas and their talents might be that you might not know otherwise, and then let them explore that. I mean, this is truly the definition of student-centered learning. And how beautiful is this picture of this classroom that she is providing for us in describing how a sealed classroom really works and how engaged the students are. I think it's also really important to mention here the role of the teacher And all of a sudden, when the teacher takes a role of a guide, it allows for more flexibility, for more ease, for a more relaxed perspective of how we can deliver information and how we can get our students engaged, which then in turn really affects how we feel at the end of the day and can truly help with reducing and preventing burnout. Even before COVID, teachers have been in this state of burnout and sarcasm and um, just not being happy, period. And they go to school and they have these high hopes and, you know, you spend your summer planning out your classroom, da, 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 and all this stuff. And then you come in on the first day and the administration hits you with this and, you know, you're hit, hit with, um, mounds of paperwork on all your students and all the negative things about your students, right? And all the, all the things that you need to, you know, keep in mind in order. So it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of um, downers when you're trying so hard to be up about what you're doing, because you know that you have a whole year ahead of you that should be full of possibilities. And so teachers are just so downtrodden by all of this stuff. And so I think that this school year in particular, heading into 2021, teachers really need to start finding their voice and standing up for what they 
truly, truly know is right for kids. And so we're going to be told um, at the beginning of the school year that SEL is important. We all know that. (laughs) We're going to be told to take care of ourselves, right? And, And that's the problem. We're going to be told to do all these things. But then the follow through is going to fall through the cracks um, after a couple of weeks. And that's the sad, sad part. And, and I think that even I going into a new school year with that in my mind, oh, I mean, that, it's like defeating, I'm defeating myself already, right? So we have to start finding our voice. There's this really great meme that I love sharing on Facebook. And it's got, um, it says, uh, Go ahead and tell them tell them the right thing, but then close the door and do what you know is right for kids. Something like that, right? And so many teachers totally understand that, right? You say, okay, I'm going to do this, but I I have a responsibility, and um, you know, it's almost like a ethics thing. You know, you have this moral um, obligation to take care of your kids the way that you know that they need to be. And sometimes that means stopping the curriculum and doing an amazing uh, art project with them and helping them through the creative process. So yes, my my thing right now is that teachers are going to have to really find their voice to say, okay, you want me to take the time to build relationships in my classroom? That is actually going to take some time. And I know that we need to fill fill in these learning gaps that have been lost because of COVID and um, everyone's coming with different um, levels of uh, engagement in school and levels of learning in school. But allow me the time to really build relationships. And I don't mean just, you know, a bunch of icebreakers and name games. I mean, allowing teachers to really work with their students in a way that's going to be a a good pace for the students, a good pace for the teachers. And when those two weeks is up, (laughs) to allow them to continue, because it's going to be a really... um, interesting year with all of these different um, changes and and impending um, initiatives that are going to be coming through. And we really need to be able to say, hey, listen, I'm the one that's in the class with these kids. And I know that so-and-so needs this and -and so-and-so needs this. And I need to really work on building a good community in my classroom or else we're going to get absolutely nowhere. So now that the school year is underway, take a second and reflect on some of the things that you have been doing in your classroom after the first two weeks of school to continue to engage students in developing relationships, not just with you, but with each other. And if you're feeling stuck, arts integration is one of the best ways to foster those relationships and touch on those four big components of social emotional learning, which reflect emotional intelligence. We're always told that our classrooms need to be student-centered, but truly, and that's, first of all, that's naturally what's going to happen. And in order for our classrooms to be student-centered, our professional development needs to be teacher-centered. And what that means is when we are in a professional development uh, workshop or course or retreat, whatever it might be, the focus needs to be on us and teaching us. And so that's what I love about arts integration and SEAL is that, you know, 
when we do, when, when I'm sharing ideas or talking about different lessons or activities that teachers can do, I'm not just telling it to them. I'm giving them the opportunity to actually try them and do them so that then they get a full understanding of what the activity can do for someone. And then they get more comfortable with it as well. So if I'm teaching um, teachers who are coming from different backgrounds and, you know, some are going to be comfortable with, um, dance and some are going to be completely uncomfortable with dance with a teacher centered, um, workshop around movement and dance, everybody gets the opportunity to try it and get a little bit more comfortable with it. And even if they don't go off and start, you know, dancing off into the hallway and out into the world after the, (laughs) after the workshop, at least they've had that experience. And when they have students who need movement in their classroom, need dance, they will have had that experience. And then because their professional development was teacher centered on them, then they're able to give that opportunity to their students. And that's how our classrooms can be, you know, continue to be (laughs) student centered in that way. And so my uh, motto at the Inspired Classroom is to get inspired in order to be inspiring. And so I have that has really driven everything that I do because I want teachers to not just be inspired, but have them get inspired, like go out there and find the professional development that's going to speak to you so that you can really develop your craft and do something new and then bring it to your students and then be inspiring to them. Truly, you can't give something you don't have. So if you're not feeling inspired, your students are not going to feel it either. You can't preach positivity and excitement of learning if you are not excited and positive yourself. And this isn't about toxic positivity. This isn't about pretending to feel inspired. This is about actually going out and seeking the things that inspire you so you can bring that joy, that energy, that intention to the classroom. And that will be extremely exciting for your students. Additionally, there's a really interesting TED Talk that I want to just suggest here. And this TED Talk is by Sir Ken Robinson, and it's called Do Schools Kill Creativity? And I thought of it when I was talking to Elizabeth, because he specifically talks about dancing. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. So go ahead and listen to that TED Talk right now, or after this podcast. And just take a listen. And, and it made me think a lot about the perspective of We don't know what we don't know. And sometimes the arts can be a way for students to experience school in a way that makes them feel successful that we don't always see or that isn't always obvious to us. And doing this work, this framework that Elizabeth is talking about through her SEAL program is one way into this type of teaching. I'll tell you a quick story about a teacher um, who's who's a colleague of mine, but she fell in love with with my workshops and she would keep coming to them over and over again. Well, the first uh, the first time she did a drumming circle with me and our group, uh, she was she was so hesitant and and legit scared. Like I put an instrument in her hand, a very small, I gave her a little egg shaker to start 
And she was like, "Mm -mm, I'm just going to hold this. I'm going to suffocate the sound. I said, that's fine. You just suffocate that sound, (laughs) but sit here with us and be with us. And she liked listening to everything. And every once in a while, she'd do a little shake or what have you. But she was so um, nervous and worried about just being part of this drumming circle. Well, what we did was it was a it was a five day um, course that we were doing. And every day we did a drumming circle after lunch. And by the end, you guessed it, she had a drum in her hand and she was patting on the drum head and she was smiling. And her reflection after all of that was that she truly felt and she actually got a little verklempt about this because she actually felt what it must feel like for some of her students who come into her classroom and can't read and come to the reading table and don't even know where to start. And they feel so out of place. And she, that really just triggered something inside of her. And I've heard this from many teachers who go through some of the, these teacher-centered workshops is that they do get uncomfortable And then afterwards, when they're reflecting, they're thinking, yeah, I think I put my students through this discomfort every day. And it just gives you that, um, like you said, that empathy for your students. And it really helps you to truly understand the, um, the power of your job and the importance of your job. You're taking kids of all ages, doesn't matter what grade level you're teaching, you're constantly challenging and putting some discomfort into your students because you're trying to get them to learn something. (laughs) And so it's a good way to really put yourself in your students' shoes. Isn't it interesting how quickly we forget what it's like to be a student, what it's like to feel vulnerable, what it's like to be sitting there and not knowing the answers or being uncomfortable because we're doing something we've never done before. It's so easy to forget this feeling. So these experiences like Elizabeth's programs and other programs that you might seek out are essential to continue to connect to what our students are continuing to experience in the classroom. So of course, I ended my interview with Elizabeth with asking my final question of what is your dream for the future of education? My ultimate dream, I guess, would be that teachers have some ownership in their classroom. Now, this may surprise you. I am not against testing. I think we do need to hold our students accountable for certain skills and I think that doing it in a different way is the way to go and to really just get a baseline of what students actually need. But beyond that, teachers need to feel free enough so that they are not tied to the test. And so if they just were untied from that test, they would be given the freedom to do what they know is right, give students opportunities to be creative. give students opportunities to learn at their own pace. And I think that the future of education needs to see teachers coming to the quote unquote table and really have a say. I think something unfortunately happens 
if a teacher goes into administration, they lose that connection to what is actually happening in the classroom. And even the best administrators that I've worked for, they still kind of just miss that um, that little piece of knowing or or seeing how things are changing year to year because things are ch- things are changing year to year and students are as well. And so, really being able to have teachers um, be able to speak what the truth is in their classrooms and be heard and be part of the change making for the future of education. And I think that would make such a difference. It would make a difference to the students learning. It would make a difference to teacher retention (laughs) and teacher joy going back into the classroom. Because let's face it, we go into teaching because it's a passion and we love it and we want to help students. So don't kill it for us. (laughs) Let us do what we want to really love and do. Elizabeth hit on a couple of really important points there. And it is important for you to embody your reason for teaching, understand exactly what your vision is for what you want your classroom and your children to do and and how you want them to experience their time with you. And it is important that you find a seat at the table. I recently heard an expression and it goes, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And unfortunately, regarding some policies, that is the case. So it's not enough to just talk about it with each other. We need to find the seats at the table to make sure that the implementation of these practices is more widespread than just in your individual classroom. Because you know what's right for your students, you are the expert in the room, and now you need to find your voice in order to share that with the people who need to hear it. And in the meantime, go ahead and have some really great fun with your students and with other teachers by incorporating arts integration in your classroom practices and include those social emotional competencies as well. We've been going along this whole normal, antiquated way of doing things that this is how the changes are going to be made. And it's a little bit at a time and it's grassroots. And that is truly where uh, we can start to just empower ourselves a little bit more, right? And, um, and, And just make the changes in our little classrooms, little by little, and people will start to see the magnificent things that are happening and be like, oh, wait, turn my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's going on over there? To learn more about Elizabeth's work in the Inspired Classroom and the SEAL program, go ahead to theinspiredclassroom.com or at the Inspired Classroom on both Facebook and Instagram. And you can learn more about SEAL at teachseal.com. All of these links will be in the podcast notes. Until next time, this is Jen Rafferty. Have a wonderful day. This podcast was brought to you by Jen Rafferty Music, cover art by Molly Reagan and Good Neighbor Art, and music by John Kiefner.